The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. We start our Major League Baseball preview with the NL and AL West divisions. We're talking NASCAR, recapping Atlanta, previewing Vegas, and getting your fantasy picks in as well. That and more. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking? Something up with me. Welcome in to an all new edition of the Sports Stove Podcast presented by Righteous Felon Jerky. Now is the time to join the flavor revolution and you can do that at righteousfelon.com and if you use the code stove15 you're going to get 15% off your purchase so again that's righteousfelon.com use the promo code s t o v e 15 and you get that 15% off your order each and every time i'm the host Vince Stover i'm joined as i am every week by my dad Dale Stover hey dad how you doing Good, doing good. Boy, I tell you, busy time in sports. Got sports going on everywhere. Football even kicked back up this week with the combine and people dropping people and deciding to keep people and all that. Well, we're going to have some trades here one of these days. So anyhow, of course, you know, college basketball right around the corner here with conference tournaments and just all, all, all kinds of sports going on. So plenty to keep up with and a lot of fantasy league stuff. Of course, we're getting ready for our baseball draft. Um, fantasy hockey, which I'm in this year for the first time, is just about winding down here. Just a couple more weeks left and things like that. So anyhow, um, a lot going on. Well, you talked about people being cut um, or we'll use the word dropped, which is convenient for Marquez Valdez Scanling considering he's dropped so many passes in his career. Um, <laughs> Two-time Super Bowl champ is a free agent now because he gets cut by the Chiefs. Um, uh, saw Bart Starr's wife passed away um, as well this week, so that's sad news in Packer world at the very least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, March Madness is literally right around the corner. We've got um, this, this next week is uh, we start some of the tournaments, some of the conference tournaments. And uh, that leads us right in, of course, to March Madness. So things are getting there very quickly in college basketball. Of course, there was a big um, kerfluffle in college sports with the storming of the court and people getting hurt. And what should we do? Should we ban all fun? Maybe let's just not even sell tickets. Let's just tell all the fans to stay home. Don't get excited if your team wins. Um, Or maybe we can just tell Duke players to keep their hands to themselves instead of trying to push and kick people. And then they wouldn't get hurt. I don't know. There's all kinds of different philosophies with this. Um, listen, storming the court, be it is what it is. And can, can there be and should there be a safe way to get teams off the court? Yes, there should be. But I'm telling you, the last two instances that I've seen of store corming, court storming um, uh, and, and interfering with players it's been on the players. They've been the ones initiating contact. And they're like, well, they were coming for me. No, the video shows you extended your arms, um, extended your legs, whatever it may be. And I just think it's a bunch of uh, baloney that just needs to, they just need to chill out. They lost. They're not happy. Um, you can understand that. But, I mean, my goodness, just <laughs> on to the next one. You know, maybe next time you win, you don't have to worry about them storming the court. So that's my philosophy on it. I don't know. You have any thoughts on court storming? No, um, like I said, I I think I I heard some things today on a radio show about it that made a lot of sense. That um, you know, have there really been that many incidents? You know, has there been people seriously, um, you know, hurt from there? Again, it's something that I think people know is going to happen. Um, it may have been that uh, you know security people uh, or people at at Wake Forest could have handled it differently. There was a guy today I heard on a radio show that had talked about um, when he was in college, had worked on staff at games, and, and you know, when they knew the court was going to be stormed, it was just a matter of, of, of putting people in the right direction. 
Um, you know, he said, you know, these people aren't trying to cause chaos. They're just trying to celebrate. And, you know, to set up a rope and have someone there that says, go this way to get on the court. People did that and there was no problem with it. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think maybe just trying to ban court, you know, court storming or all of a sudden make it a big legal um, offense um, probably um, isn't something that would have to be done. Probably just an over overreaction. You don't want to see people get hurt, but like you had, we had talked about it and you had mentioned that, you know, um, the Duke player had actually initiated contact. And so, you know, again, people just, I don't think it's something that takes people by surprise. You know, what's going to happen. So get off the court and, um, you know, it doesn't happen at every game, um, from there. So, you know, um, I, I think more publicity will cause more problems because if you have a lot of publicity, then you're going to have some knucklehead going to say, Hey, I can get on the news here. If I jump right. on the coach or do this or do that. And that, like I said, what I heard today and it made sense was people are just celebrating. They're just coming out on the court to congratulate their team. And mm-hmm. if you can keep it that way, then I think, you know, I, I, I think it can be fine, but, um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we're not naive enough to think that they're not going to say something as they're running past somebody or, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, they want to get their their two cents in uh, as they're doing so. But at the end of the day, it really shouldn't be that big of a deal. And, uh, yeah, move on to the next one, in my opinion. And like I said, beat them and you don't even have to worry about it. So uh, that solves all the problems in the world. All right, so now we are starting into our Major League Baseball preview um, here for the season. We're going to start off with the West divisions. We'll cover both the NL and the AL West. And, uh, you know, looking at these teams and going through the lineups and the pitching staffs and things like that, uh, I think both of these divisions could be in for some fun years. Um, There is some bad teams included in these divisions. But let's start off with a a team that surprised a lot of people last year going to the World Series, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Last year, we predicted that they would be better than expected. Uh, but even in saying that, I didn't expect World Series better than expected. So uh, so they had a good year. They've got some young guys. Uh, Corbin Carroll is 23. Alex Thomas is 23. Gabriel Marino is 24. Geraldo Perdoma is 24. So they got some young guys in that lineup. They added Jock Peterson, who will more than likely be the DH most of the time. Eugenio Suarez at third base. So those are savvy veteran guys. And they got Christian Walker and Cattell Marte, who've been around for long enough now. Christian Walker's become one of the best first basemen in the league, uh, especially when you look at the fantasy side of things. Uh, But his production offensively is very, very good. Pitching staff is better than last year. Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, uh, and Ryan Nelson all return. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez comes over from Detroit, who had a phenomenal year last year in Detroit. So that's a pretty solid pickup as well. And closer Paul Seawald came over last year via trade, I think, from Seattle. Um, so he's he's the, the the closer for Arizona this year. He's good. He's not the best closer in the league, um, but he should be good enough. And I think this Arizona team is going to be really good again this year. Now, they finished second last year in the division to the Dodgers, and they are predicted to finish second again this year to the Dodgers. Last year, they won 84 and 78. And, Dad, I got their win total at 83 and a half. So, a slight drop from last year. I don't think they drop. I think they go up. I think they're going to be closer to the high 80s, um, possibly even sniffing 90 wins this year. And this is a team that you and I have a little bit of tie to. Not a lot. You're a Giants fan, but with having ties to Arizona from back in our uh, camp days, uh, you know, there's always been a little bit of intrigue, I think, about the Diamondbacks. Phenomenal year last year. The expectation from Vegas is about the same as last year. I think I think they continue to climb forward and are a little better this year than last year. What are your thoughts on the Diamondbacks? Yeah, I think they'll be improved a little bit. Um, like you said, 83 and a half. I think I would go over that also. I think they will improve. It looks like they have improved with some of the players uh, that they have. Again, when you have young players, you know, uh, there's a lot of advantage to that. On the other hand, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll see how they develop. But um, no, Arizona has a good fan base. Like you said, we have a little bit of background. I think I've been to more 
Diamondback games and probably any pro games I've been to because we were out there for a little bit and I was out there a lot in Arizona. Um, it was really in the old days when they had the purple as their color. I don't know that I was ever there with the new color change. Um, but, you know, it's a great place to watch a baseball game. I know I've always enjoyed it there. And um, I think Diamondbacks would do well, um, should be improved. And um, I think the West, you know, I think the West will be, um, you know, a, a, a fairly good division. Yeah, they, they've, their, uh, their bench is actually decent. I mean, again, not superstars by any stretch of the imagination, but they went out and signed Tucker Barnhart. He hasn't, he's a, he's a non-roster invite, so he still has to make the team. Uh, but I assume he will, a catcher. Uh, then you've got uh, Jace Peterson, who maybe a lot of people don't know. I know because he was in Milwaukee for a time, uh, but he comes over from Oakland and he's he can play anywhere on the infield and he can even play outfield if you need him to. And then Randall Grichuk from, uh, well, he came from the Angels uh, in, in free agency this year. But again, these are all guys that can come in, fill in and really help your team out. Uh, my biggest concern is probably um, the bullpen more so last year my biggest concern was the rotation um they survived it and they improved this year by bringing in rodriguez so i think the bullpen is is the question mark right now uh for arizona and if they can play well then uh then obviously arizona is going to be able to hold on win some games and i think they'll have the offense for sure corbin carroll by the way is an absolute blast to watch um he's he'll be 24 come season time or uh, part way into the season uh, but I mean, he's going to come in he's just, he's electric. He can do everything. He's a great defender. He can hit the ball. He's got some power. He's got some speed. And, uh, I really like him. He's a lot of fun to watch. And then Christian Walker, like I said, one of the more underrated players in the game right now, um, really solid at first base. So if Jock Peterson and Eugenio Suarez can step in and play some, some decent baseball this year, I don't see why Arizona would not, uh, get better, uh, as well. Uh, so Arizona, 83 and a half. We both go over there. We think they'll be a little better uh, than that. Uh, let's talk about maybe the worst team in the conference next, Dad, with Colorado. And I was looking at this team, and it's like, <laughs> I feel like these players have been around for a really long time, and that's a problem in baseball. Uh, Charlie Blackman, DH. Chris Bryant, first base. They do have some younger guys. Nolan Jones will start at left field. Brendan Rodgers at second, Ryan Mc, McMahon at third, Elias Diaz at catcher, and then uh, Ezekiel Tovar, he's a young guy at shortstop, uh, is fun. And then they got two guys, Sean Bouchard and Brenton Doyle, filling out the outfield. When it comes to pitching, Dad, um, I don't know that they got better or not. Kyle Freeland, Austin Gomber, and Ryan Feltner all return. Cal Crantrell comes over from Cleveland, and Dakota Hudson comes over from St. Louis. Um, I would like to think they're a little better than last year. I'm not sure. Their closer is Justin Lawrence. Never heard of her. Uh, not sure. Not sure how that will go. I'm not sure how many opportunities Justin Lawrence will have to close and save games uh, this year. Last year they were 59 and 103. The Vegas win total is 60 and a half. I mean, can they be worse than last year? Yeah. Are they going to be better than last year? Maybe. I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I think that, you know, 58 to 62 is kind of what you're looking at for them win wise uh, coming into this year, but the Rockies have fallen off dad. What are your thoughts on them for this year? Yeah, they, they have fallen off and they, you know, they haven't been able to really correct the situation and they're, they're in a division, you know, where they've got some other good teams. So that doesn't help them either. Um, like I said, you know, we've been preparing for our fantasy drafts coming up and they do have a couple good players um, on the team. It looks like people that, you know, that, that people are, are can be kind of high on uh, there. And of course, Colorado, you know, is a place in fantasy. People love to play people when they're playing in Colorado. So um, flies well in Colorado. We, from from there, no doubt about it. But um, I I would say uh, they'll be over. I don't think a whole lot, maybe two or three games more than last year. But um, I ho hopefully they're putting it together a little bit and and would be at least a little bit better. I want to I want you to clarify something you said. Uh, you brought up fantasy and said a couple of guys um, that could be good. I I don't see a couple of guys that are going to be good fantasy wise. So I'm curious. Um, who are those couple of guys that you're seeing? 
where you've got an, an – I don't have the names in front of me. There's an outfielder. I Nolan think you Jones. mentioned him. Jones, Jones. And I think there's yeah. one infielder that, that people uh, talked about, um, you know, might be good there. Maybe two. Didn't you know? Didn't you mention a young guy, Tavar? Tovar, yeah, the shortstop. Yeah, and then is it the second baseman? I think there's a Brandon guy. Rogers. Yeah, so there was one other guy that they said. So, um, you know, again, not high fantasy people necessarily, um, but, you know, people people would look at because, again, they're going to be batting in Colorado half of the time. So Yeah, yeah. I, Nolan Jones is the guy fantasy-wise for Colorado that I think is worth your time. Um, the other guys are waiver wire pickups if they're doing yeah. well. Um, I, I don't, I would not say good options. Nolan Jones should be, um, everybody else in my opinion is a massive question mark. Um, yeah, they're Colorado's not going to be in the hunt. Um, if they do get in the hunt, we'll be absolutely floored and shocked. Uh, let's go on to the Dodgers major disappointment last year. They won a hundred games yet. Uh, they did not make the world series. And uh, so they made a splash in the offseason, bringing in Shohei Otani and, of course, Yoshinobu Yamamoto as well. Uh, they've got Mookie Betts, who's one of the most uh, uh, impressive players in the league. Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncy, who got hurt, but ends up it's going to be fine. Travis Oopman, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, Jason Hayward, who surprisingly is still in the league. And Gavin Lux returns from injury to cover shortstop for the Dodgers. The rotation is good and can get better with health, but Yamamoto, they bring in Tyler Glasnow from Tampa, Bobby Miller, James Paxton is there, and then Emmett Sheehan uh, will fill in uh, for the time being until Wade uh, uh, Bueller comes back. Uh, their closer is Evan Phillips. He's pretty solid, in my opinion, at the very least. Like I said, last year they won 100 games. The over-under in Vegas this year is 103 and a half. Um, that's just because of Shohei, Dad. I'm, I actually think I might go under here just because I think the rest of the division is going to be better. Um, and I think they're, I think they're still going to be high 90s. Uh, but I'm not sure they get to 100 this year just because they got a top-heavy lineup. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on the Dodgers? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think they might be under that total just a little bit. Again, I think they're obviously the premier team in the division. Um, but as we've looked at it, and as I've heard you guys talking on your baseball show, um, fantasy baseball show, and I would recommend that to people. There's a lot of good information there with you and Kevin Wilson, but you know, and he's a Dodger fan. But the Dodgers are real heavy on their good players. They have some real superstars. Um, you know, all the way down the lineup, that's not the way it is this year, maybe as much as it has been in some of the other years. Uh, doesn't mean those guys won't play well, and it doesn't mean, you know, the that, uh, I mean, you know, you've got a real stacked lineup there at the, at the top, no doubt about it. Um, but, you know, it'll have to be interesting to see how good a defense they play, and I think the key will be the pitching. Um, you know, did Bueller come back? And if he comes back, is he anything like he used to be? Um, there's some questions, you know, out there. You don't know um, about Yamamoto exactly how quick he will transition in. Um, Glass now, again, as I've heard different fantasy things, I've heard a lot of different things there from he'll be great. That uh, may not be the case. So, you know, I think the pitching sees just exactly how strong um, that will be. Um, will be an issue, but the Dodgers obviously are a very good team and will be the favorite going in. Yeah, Walker Bueller, I have not been able to find a time frame for his return. Um, he is throwing currently, and actually they said uh, yesterday he was throwing 94 and hit 95 miles an hour, which would seem like a pretty positive sign that he'll be back before too horribly long. Um, so we'll see on that one if uh, if that's exactly how how it works out. Um, if he comes back healthy, obviously that's a good thing for, uh, for the, the Dodgers. Um, Tyler Glasnow is an interesting one because he's a good pitcher. He's a very good pitcher. The problem is he doesn't pitch a ton of games. Um, last year he pitched 21 games. That's the best he's ever done. In 2022, he pitched two games and 21, 14 games and 20, 11 games and 19, 12 games and 18, 11 games. He's not gotten over 14 
uh, except for one time in his career, and that was last year. So how many games does he give you? Can he stay healthy at all? That's the question mark. And I agree with you. I think pitching is going to be the, – the offense will be there enough for the Dodgers if the pitchers can pitch well. Yamamoto, a big question mark, Dad. We don't know what he's going to be. I mean, he's never pitched in the majors before. He's looked good so far in spring training, but what does that even mean? Um, very little, in my opinion. So we'll see where it is. I do like Bobby Miller in that lineup, though, as well, in that uh, rotation. So I think that's solid. You get Walker Bueller back. That really strengthens that um, the rotation for sure. Uh, let's go down to the Padres, Dad. The Padres had a miserable season last year. Um, they were not anything of what they were supposed to be, and uh, yet they still pulled out 82 wins. They've had some changes. Juan Soto gets traded, so he's gone. And they still have Fernando Tatis, who, by the way, I think is 26 years old. Um, so he's a phenomenal baseball player. They've got some stalwarts. Jake Cronenworth is there. Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts. Hassan Kim, who used to play all over the place, is going to settle in as the main shortstop this year with Bogarts moving to second. Uh, Luis uh, Capisano at catcher. Jack Jerickson Profar in the outfield, Jose Azacar in center field, and uh, they don't have a DH exactly lined up yet. Pitching-wise, Joe Musgrove, Hugh Darvish, Michael King, who comes over from the Yankees, Pedro Avila, and Randy Vasquez, who also came over, I believe, from the Yankees, and then their closer is uh, Robert Suarez. They've, they lost a lot in the pitching room this year, but again, last year they were bad, so does it matter? I'm not sure. Uh, their win total is at 81 and a half. They won 82 games last year. I think even with their losses, dad, I think they're going to be better than last year. So I'm going to go over 81 and a half. I'd say it's probably in, in a similar range uh, would be my guess. I, I think it'll be in that range. Um, and maybe it's just because again, I, I have a team in that division that I like, but um, I don't I don't see them rebounding a whole lot. So I'm going to go under that, just drop under that a game or two. Um, again, now, um, you know, the pressure won't be on them like it was last year. So maybe they'll play loose and they'll do well. But like you said, there are probably some questions there, um, you know, from the pitching standpoint. And, um, you know, they have, so they have some really good players and some guys that have potential uh, to be stars. Some of the other guys that have been around a little bit, you know, will they continue to do well? Will they regress? Um, I, I think it's going to take a year or two for San Diego to get back uh, in sync. So we will see. I'll go under that one just a little bit. Okay. Uh, our first disagreeance of the day. Um, I like it. All right. Uh, pitching's everything. I mean, for San Diego, if Michael King is what he's supposed to be, well, then things work out just fine. Um, if he's not, then, well, things things don't work out fine. So we'll see. I, I'm concerned about the bullpen there um, also. All right, let's get to your Giants. San Francisco won 79 games last year. They're going to have a leadoff guy on Jung Hoo Lee. Comes over from, uh, is it Taiwan or Japan? I forget which one he came from. Um, but over Korea. Korea, yeah. I, I would knew I was close. Um, <laughs> Tyro Estrada. At second base, Lamonte Wade at first base. Jorge Soler comes over. Good signing for them. Uh, probably going to focus in at DH. Michael Conforto back in left field. Wilmer Flores at third. Yastrzemski in right field. Patrick Bailey, the catcher, and Marco Luciano at shortstop. Pitching-wise, they go Logan Webb, Kyle Harrison, Jordan Hicks, who comes over from uh, Toronto, Tristan Beck, and Keaton Wynn. Uh, their bullpen is solid, Dad. They got the Rogers twins. Uh, Camilo Duvall with the uh, closing spot. 79 wins last year. 81 and a half is the number Vegas is handing out. I think they go over 81 and a half. Probably, I don't think by a lot. I think them and San Diego are going to be very similar again this year. Um, but uh, I think there's potential here for the Giants to have a better year this year than they had last year based off of their bullpen, which is really solid. Yeah, I, I again, you know, I'm a giant fan, but I, I do think they'll be better. Um, it's going to depend a little bit with some of these guys, you know, the free agents they brought in. You know, how good is Lee going to be over here? He could make a big difference. Um, you know, the outfielder they picked up, Salar, you know, will, will he make a big difference? Um, they have some veterans. They have some young guys. They've played some young guys the last few years. 
And um, so we'll see. Pitching, again, will be the issue. They have a couple really young pitchers in the rotation. If those guys end up, you know, in, end up doing well, Harrison and some of the guys, then that would make a big difference. Webb's supposed to have a really good year. And like you said, the bullpen is very good. So and they got a new manager. And um, so we'll see how that goes. I think the, the Giants, um, you know, will have a decent year. I'd like to see them be able to get in the playoffs. We'll see if that's the case. Um, but hopefully they can be competitive in the division there, and I think they will be. Yeah, and they also signed Robbie Ray, by the way, but he's going to yeah. be out for at least the first half of the season, if not longer. Um, so we'll have to see but to see kind of what happens there and when he does come back, how effective will he be? Um, you talked about young pitchers, dad, they do their oldest pitchers, 27. Um, and Webb Hicks and Beck are all 27. And then Kyle Harrison's 22. Um, so what does he have? What can he show up and do? Of course, um, as well, pitching's everything for every team. You got to have it. I am concerned about the offense for San Francisco though, dad. I think Jung Ho Lee can be okay. Um, Jorge Soler is a good, that's a good signing. The rest of the guys, though, where are they going to fit in? What are they going to do? Um, we will wait and see. Uh, let's keep it moving, though. Let's head out to the American League West now. And we'll start with Houston. Uh, Houston is that team that just kind of is the, always there. And uh, they made some big signings this year as well. Jose Altuve signs long term. He's going to finish out his career in Houston. Jordan Alvarez is back. Uh, are you excited about that? I'm not sure. Alex Bregman in a contract year. That's going to light up the world. Kyle Tucker. Uh, Jose Abreu, who fell off the world last year, uh, needs to make a comeback. Yanir Diaz at catcher. Chaz McCormick in the outfield. Jeremy Pena and Jake Myers round out the uh, the lineup. Pitching-wise, Justin Verlander, Framber Valdez, Christian Javier, uh, Hunter Brown and Jose Urquidy, um, and they got closer Josh Hader added to the rotation or the uh, bullpen this year with an already good bullpen uh, comes in, and that should make a, a big help and boost. Uh, it really is. Can the guys just play up to their potential ultimately? And if they can, uh, there's no reason why they can't be back in the World Series again. Um, really outside of a Abreu, Dad, I think it's a good team. I'm just not sure. Abreu is the guy that can get you into the next, uh, you know, and into the next next season. But I like the pitching staff, even though they have some age. And like I said, the bullpen with Ryan Presley and Josh Hader at the back end of it is really, really solid. So what are your thoughts on uh, on these pitchers? Again, I think Houston will, will, will have a good team, no doubt about it. Um, in the past couple of years, they've been the team that was definitely, you know, the favorite there in the West. I think the way things ended up last year and looking at the other teams, and of course, we're going to talk about them in a minute. I think the top three teams, it'll be a little closer. And um, again, I, I think Houston would be the favorite to win. Um, but I, I don't know for sure about that, and it'll be it, it'll be close. So they you know they do have some good players, like you said. There's probably a little bit of age coming in here and there, um, and again, the pitching staff could be phenomenal. Um, you know, we'll just have to see. I think definitely adding you know Hader as a closer um, that that has to be a very positive thing um, from there. So we'll see. They, again, they have some good players, and if you know those guys, Tucker, some of them have breakout years, um, that would make a big difference. So I think Houston, uh, again, uh, did, did we have it 93 and a half. Is that what the win total was? Uh, 92 and a half. 92 and a half. Um, I'll go under that just a hair. I, I would pick them to win the division, but again, I think it's going to be a close race. Yeah. Them and Texas will be battling out again. They had such a slow start that I can't imagine they'll start slow again. So I'm going to go over 92 and a half. Um, I did fail to mention JP France, by the way, also starting pitcher. Came in last year as a rookie and and uh, played some decent some decent baseball as well. They just they're strong. They got they got a lot of strength to them this year. Like I said, Abreu, whether he's done or not, it's a question. But um, if he finds his, his rhythm again, then good for him. But uh, they might need to find a replacement there for him. Uh, outside of that, I like Houston. I think they're good, and I think that they uh, have the potential to win the division. Like I said, it'll be a close race with Texas. Um, let's go to the Angels, though, next. 
Um, there's a lot of guys that a lot of people haven't heard of playing for the Angels this year. Uh, Mickey Moniak uh, was probably lead off this year. He's a center fielder. Um, Nolan Chanul uh, at first base. Mike Trout, of course, you've heard of him. Anthony Rendon, of course, you've heard of him. Taylor Ward, who, man, talk about a guy who looked like he was going to be promising and has not not really met back up to that potential. Brandon Drury, still around. He's he's Mr. Consistent. Luis Renigfo, uh, Rengifo, second base. I don't know how to say his name. Logan Ohapi at catcher and Zach Neto at shortstop. Pitching-wise, Dad, man, this, this is just a really sad rotation. Reed Detmers, Griffin Canning, Patrick Sandoval, Tyler Anderson, and Chase Silseth. And the closer, Carlos Estevez. Uh, they won 73 games last year. They're at 71 and a half this year. I got to think they're going under 71 and a half. Yeah, I would think they would too. I just don't see any juice in the Angels. I think, again, with Shohei leaving, um, and, it, you know, they didn't make any big moves. Or, you know, there's not a big influx there. Um, I'm not real familiar with their minor league system, but, you know, I haven't heard about a lot, you know, coming up there. So, um, yeah, I think it will be a tough year for the Angels, and I'd go under. Yeah, I mean, that, even the guys that are kind of like their bench guys, not a whole lot there. Not a whole lot to be excited about if you're an Angels fan coming into this year. Um, Oakland, uh, speaking of not a whole lot to be excited about, uh, yeah, Oakland A's, Ryan Noda at first, Zach Giloff at second, who I think is going to have a good year. Brett Rooker is back at DH. Seth Brown uh, in the outfield. Shea Langelier and as catcher, J.J. Blade and Esturi Ruiz, who I like uh, in the outfield. Aram Toro at third and Nick Allen at short. Dad, their pitchers again. I mean, good luck. Uh, J.P. Sears, Paul Blackburn, Alex Wood, Ross Striplin. Those two guys both came from San Francisco. Luis Medina. And the closer, Mason Miller. They won 50 last year. The projection's 56 and a half. I think that maybe they can win 56 games, but I'm going to go under 56 and a half. Um, I'm not sure why, but I'll go over that just a <laughs> little bit. Um, again, you know, they've got a lot of the same lineup, younger guys. Maybe some of these guys will play a little bit better. Um, we'll see how the season goes. I guess it's still up in the air whether they're moving or not. I saw something about the guy in Vegas said they ought to just stay in Oakland. And so, I mean, that's, that's all kind of confusing. So um, I'll, I'll go over, but I, again, I don't think they'll be challenging the guys at the top. Yeah. Hard hitting commentary there. I don't know why, but I'll go over. Yeah. That's uh, uh it's a sad life to go over for the A's. I think um, so, Seattle dad, they should be a good team. They won 88 games last year. They got J.P. Crawford, Julio Rodriguez. They brought in Jorge Polanco from Minnesota, Mitch Garver from Texas. They got Cal Raleigh, Ty France, Luke Rayleigh, Mitch Hanniger, yikes, and Josh Rojas rounding out their batting. Uh, Luis Castillo, Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Bryce Miller, and Brian Wu, the starting pitchers, Andres Munoz, the closer. I really like this rotation for Seattle, and I, I don't mind their, their offense here either. Um, the projection from Vegas is 86 and a half. They won 88 last year. Are they going to get back there? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say over 86 and a half dad, because I really do like their pitching. Yeah, I'm going to go over that too. I kind of like Seattle and I think they're the team that can definitely challenge for challenge Houston here, um, and Texas. And, you know, they definitely made some moves and tried to improve their self. And it does look like they have a very good um, pitching rotation, like you said. So I, I would think, yes, over. Yeah, I, I, man, they're the kind of team that I feel like you kind of got to cheer for. Um, but they kind of disappoint year after year after year. So um, they did make the playoffs, and, and congrats to them. Uh, Texas, Dad, this team uh, obviously is good. I think they overachieved last year because I thought their pitching staff was not very good. Um, offensively, they got Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, uh, Adelis Garcia, Evan Carter, Josh Young, Nathaniel Lau, John, uh, Jonah Heim, and Leody Tavares. Um, they're still trying to figure out who their DH is going to be this year. Pitching-wise, they'll start the year with Nathan Avaldi, uh, John Gray, who I absolutely despise, Andrew Haney, Dane Dooning, and Cody Bradford, Jose Leclerc, the closer. 
Um, if they get some guys healthy, they got some other pitchers that can help them out. But health is definitely an issue, and age is an issue. Jacob DeGrom, uh, Tyler Molly, and Max Scherzer uh, are all sitting there injured at the moment. Two Tommy John surgeries and one back surgery. Um, so we'll figure out when they come back. But as they sit, Dad, 90 wins is what they got last year. 89 and a half is the, is the win total. I'm going to go under. I still think they're in the mid-80s, but I just don't think they're going to have as good a year as they had last year. Yeah, I would agree. I think they overachieved, and that was my thinking, too. They'll go under under that. I think it will be, you know, I think it could very well be a three-team race um, again there, but I, I think the other two teams are a little bit better. Um, so we'll just see how, how you know, if Texas um, – Again, it seemed to me like they overachieved a little bit, and so we'll see how it goes this year. Yeah, I think Houston runs away with this division, Dad. Um, honestly, I just like I think the Dodgers probably um, should win the the NL, although Arizona obviously could challenge them. It'll be interesting to see how the season goes. We're getting there. We're getting closer for sure, and uh, excited about what's ahead for Major League Baseball. Next week, we'll continue our Major League Baseball uh, <laughs> preview talking through these divisions and getting you ready for that. Uh, Dad, anything else before we uh, we send you off for the night? Um, no, you had mentioned about um, Cherry Starr, Bart Starr's wife passing yeah. away, and um, you know, a great part of the Packer organization, a great part down in Alabama there. Um, you know, uh, everybody just has great things to say about her. Um, she stayed involved. I was reading this week that um, – Bart, Bart Starr always had a tradition where he would write a, um, a quarterback, a kickoff quarterback letter at the start of the year to the Packers starting quarterback. And after he passed away, she continued that as far as writing Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love and just stayed very involved, very involved charitably, both in Wisconsin and Alabama. And um, so condolences to the family there. And, um, you know, I, I think they were great folks. I never met her. I did get to meet Bart Starr once and chat with him in the airport. Great guy, of, of course, very, you know, just a tremendous person. And um, so a real loss there in the Green Bay community. So, but no, nothing else, a lot going on. We'll have a lot of basketball to talk about here in the near future and a lot of things there. And uh, looking forward to listening to your NASCAR um, broadcast. Um, you got me in the fantasy league, and if I can learn how to get my drivers registered, I'll be in good shape. But um, um, yeah, I used to follow NASCAR a little bit, and so it's kind of fun to watch it again, especially with all you know a lot of new guys and a lot of people who I remember when their dad used to race. So anyhow, a lot going on, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, uh, we're gonna say bye to Dad. We're gonna take a quick commercial break, and when we come back. We're talking NASCAR with Chris Prince from BellyUpSports.com. First, a quick word from our sponsors at Righteous Felon Jerky. Say hello to America's most wanted craft beef jerky. Over 15 flavors with all kinds of character. The number one jerky gift box and all-natural black Angus quality made right here in the U.S. of A. Taste the flavor revolution at RighteousFelon.com. Use the promo code STOVE15 at checkout. That's RighteousFelon.com. Promo code STOVE15 at checkout. All right, welcome back into the Sports Stove Podcast. It is now time for a segment we like to call the Sports Stove Final. <laughs> Joining me this week to talk all things NASCAR, he's the head of the Belly Up Racing Department. He's the one and only Chris Prince. Hey, Chris, man, how you doing? I'm good, Vince. How are you doing, buddy? I am living the dream, my friend, living the dream. Uh, hey, good to talk with you. We originally had planned to, to chat with you back at the uh, Super Show, back, back at the beginning of the NASCAR season and schedules, everything changing and raining and all that good stuff didn't work out for us. But I'm excited to get you on tonight because um we have had a fun start to the nascar season of course oh, daytona yeah. was daytona um and at the end of the day you can always live with that atlanta showed up this week though <laughs> let's, start, <laughs> let's start with that the excitement first of all obviously the finish was phenomenal but the to see the amount of just problems the drivers had throughout the race 
to me was incredibly entertaining. What did you think about Atlanta this week? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Honestly, it was. Uh, I I remember when I heard Junior talking about it on his podcast over the off season. He was like, "I believe this is going to become the hottest ticket," like predicting it on the schedule. And I I think he's going to be right. I think it's going to become a, a high price ticket now after that race. It was awesome to watch. Kind of like a Daytona on steroids, more or less. The runs were a lot faster, and then the tracks just worn out a little more quicker than I think they even realized. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that Junior might know what he's talking about uh, <laughs> every now and then. But uh, no, it it is fun. And you know, it's funny. I was watching the race, and I just my eyes kept going to, to Michael McDowell, and I thought this guy is running really good so far this year. Is his finishes haven't been there all the time, but it just seems like when you're watching the race, there he is uh, running running pretty decent. For the, he's been on the front row for the first two races. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. I mean, it's it's really funny. I've watched Michael race for a while now because I, you know, I've been consistent with the sport, and um, it's really cool to see him finally getting those finishes and that running, you know, up there like he won at a road course last year, and they, um, I think, announced that their team got tier one sponsorship from Ford. Yeah. So they're receiving all the good stuff now, it seems like. And it's it's showing, right? I mean, it's showing yeah. that that's what that's what's going on right now, uh, for sure. And it's fun, it's fun to see it, I think, that way too. Um, and his uh teammate, um Todd oh, Gilliland. Yeah, Gilliland. He he yeah. ran phenomenal uh most of Sunday's race at the very least as well. Yeah, he was uh he was all over. I take my notes for my power rankings, which I'm gonna have put up tomorrow. I want to wait wanted to wait till after Atlanta, so I had at least two races to you know sample from. And my notes were just Todd Gill and leading again. I'm like, wow, it's just it's really funny going through and seeing that because you don't see it with those with front row. You're not used to seeing right. it anyway. Right. Now let's talk about the finish. It was a photo finish, literally. Um, and it's funny. I was with uh, the broadcaster where at first look, I thought Blaney had it. And then when they yeah. showed the different angle in the, the picture, it goes, well, actually, no, I don't think he did. Uh, Daniel Suarez gets the win. Let's talk about first Joe, just the finish, the excitement of it. Three wide coming down to it. Bush right there as well. Of course. Um, you know, I, I was surprised that the TV broadcasters weren't more animated um at it personally because i'm sitting there going, yeah, oh actually, I mean, I, yeah i was i would have expected clint at least because he's the one who gives me that type of energy more or yeah. less or tries to from week to week but yeah i was it was kind of cool though when you saw the from the booth's perspective video i don't know if you saw that replay on twitter yeah. um how they got up and they're like putting their arms around each other and they're like can you believe this i don't know if i believe it but can you believe this <laughs> It was, uh, it was, it was fun, really though. cool. I loved um I saw it develop when Kyle was coming, making when he got his run off of the turn. And I was like, they're going to wreck. I'm, that's what I'm thinking in my head. And then they just didn't. And it wound up finishing. So it was awesome. Yeah. I heard Daniel Suarez today. Uh, he was, or I think it was, maybe it was yesterday, but he was on the Dale Jr. download. And he was just talking about, you know, hats off to all the drivers for not wrecking there at the end. It was, it was a, a wild day, it sounds like, but uh, nonetheless, Suarez comes out on top, and I want to get your thoughts on this with the playoff picture. Suarez getting a win, um, it's not to say that he couldn't have won, obviously he can, but you kind of think him more on the road courses than you do on, on these kinds of tracks, and now he wins on an Atlanta, and I started to think, you know what, this could really make for an interesting playoff. Because let's say he wins a road course this year, um, then you you know you you now you're kind of limiting who else can be in the playoffs a little bit with this. In my opinion, at the very least, I'm interested to get your thoughts on how you think Suarez's win affects the playoffs. Oh yeah, absolutely. I definitely think it's going to have some effect on someone someone that you maybe not, you're not looking to struggle that much and be around the bubble when it comes down to it. But the bubble drivers, I think, are really going to be affected by the one-off wins like that. And if he's able to grab another one, then, you know, it get, makes it a little harder for those bubble drivers to lock themselves into the playoffs. But that's, that's kind of the thing I like about this format in a way is the wrenches it can throw in the plans for yeah. the bigger teams. It makes things a little more interesting. 
you know, I like the format as far as the playoffs go. I'm not a huge stage guy. Don't love yeah. stage breaks, that kind of thing. But when it comes to the playoffs, I like the idea. I like the idea of when and you're in. I think that makes sense. Um, and then I, I like having a couple races, three races, to kind of weed it out a little bit more and letting the guys with higher points have an advantage. I think all that's good. I, I actually, as a guy, and again, I was out of the sport for like eight years, came back last year, started paying attention again. And one of the reasons why I left the sport is because I didn't understand the stages. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, ah, whatever, I'll just, I just won't watch. Um, that being said, I, I think the playoffs are a lot of fun. And I think Suarez now, I think it definitely starts to, it'll start putting pressure on, maybe not right now. It's going to start putting pressure on guys as we get into, you know, late July, um, yeah. August, where all of a sudden it's like, hey, we got to get a win. and We got to get it now. Um, and especially if Suarez gets a second win. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna start, start being interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, especially for those drivers that are struggling, like already, like they've had good cars, but they just don't have the good finishes like Joey Logano's and Brad Keselowski's and guys, those are the guys that you're used to seeing win. So if they don't, if they don't win, they could be down there fighting for the playoff spot. Definitely. Um, Let's talk about Bubba Wallace. Uh, I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan. Uh, I'm not a Toyota fan uh, either. And uh, there's a few things that line up there. And uh, But he has finished, I think, fifth in both races um, so far this season. And out of the 2311 cars, he's not the one that I thought was going to be running as well to start the season. Are you surprised by, so far, his success versus his teammates' lack thereof? Um, and what do you, what do you make of, of what he's done so far? I know it's really early in the season. Right. Yeah. I mean, you got to take that into consideration too, but you, I, I'm not surprised I'd say because Bubba is one of the better, um, drafting style drivers in the series right now. I mean, he, yeah, he doesn't necessarily have the wins to show for it. Like the, like Blaney or Logano or Keselowski, but he's always consistently up there. I mean, he's finished second in the Daytona 500 twice, um, He's pretty good at those type of tracks, but definitely surprised does not see Tyler Reddick performing as well, too. I mean, he's not known for the super speedway drafting style racetracks, but still, those when you think of 2311, you think those cars are going to perform regardless. And But I think you might want to keep an eye on him this weekend. Vegas suits his driving style real well. <laughs> Well, perfect. Let's get into Vegas. Um, Vegas is coming up. We'll talk fantasy here in just a moment. Uh, but fantasy is coming up. You know, we've seen we've seen Fords perform really well um, when they're by themselves. Uh, they're they're sitting there and qualifying very very well. We've seen them get caught up though in the wrecks uh, yep. so far. Uh, so they've not finished strong. Um, Chevy does Chevy things. Toyota has the sprinkle in, you know, the sprinkle in effect a little bit as well. Uh, they're going on. So what do you expect to see at Vegas? Will, uh, again, Suarez said it this week on, on the interview with Junior, you know, it was so fun this week that no matter what we put on the on the track coming up in Vegas, it's not going to look near as exciting. Yeah, you, I, I can agree with that to an extent, but I think you – it's going to be a decent race, at least. The mile and a half um, races have stepped up a little bit with the next-gen car, so I don't think they're going to put on a horrible show, so to say. Um, but I think you're going to see more of those players sticking around this go-round. Maybe the Fords even that, that were involved in some of those bigger wrecks, like Logano. He's he's pretty good at Vegas. And then, you know, Keselowski and Busher showed um, last year that they could win on, or Busher did anyway, that the team could win on a mile and a half track or bigger anyway. So they, I just don't know about the new noses on those cars, on the Fords and the Toyotas. That's still the big thing. They showed what they can do in the aero, you know, drafting style tracks, but this will be a little different to see what it actually does for handling and stuff like that for them. But let's talk fantasy-wise. So I'm looking into Vegas, and I go, okay, well, Hendrick has won three of the last four, um, and I think four of the last six, if I remember correct. I could be wrong on that. Hamlin and Logano have won relatively recently also. Um, so when I'm looking at my my fantasy lineup, I'm going, i got to have at least two Hendrick drivers in there, and I'm probably going to put a third in my garage this week is what I'm thinking. Um, yeah, and, so I'm I'm with you too. I've yeah. got at least two Hendrick drivers. Um, 
I, I like. Obviously, I don't think you can go wrong with Larson. Um, he's won out of the last six races, led over 400 laps, I believe, yeah. 440, so almost 450, and then he's got two of those wins. Yeah. So I think uh, Larson will be good, um, and he w- he wasn't necessarily bad at the, you know, the first two races of the season in Daytona and Atlanta, it's just, he got caught up in some of the wrecks and it hurt his finish. Yeah. So I definitely think they're still going to have some speed. And then, but yeah, I can agree with that. I'm, I think I might go, I could go with um, a Logano even or a Hamlin in my garage, yeah. but I could see doing a third Hendrick driver very easily because I do think <laughs> that Chase is even going to have a bounce back and even Bowman. Yeah. I think he's pretty good at Vegas. So I don't think you can count anybody in that stable out. <laughs> And then don't you have to put Kyle Busch in right now? I mean, it's his home home track, so to say. And he's looked really solid in these first two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm real – well, it goes again on your strategy because, you know, with the NASCAR fantasy, you know, you only get the 10 uses in the regular season. So if you're yep. wanting to build up that early, that lead, that points lead, yeah, I'm definitely going to stack it with Kyle and, you know, at least two or three Hendrick drivers for sure. Because he's all right, so he knows Vegas. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. So um, if we're if we're gonna try to find a way to mix in some guys that aren't our normal top tier guys, um, who are we looking at to help our fantasy teams out this week? Um, that maybe are you know not not the top names. Obviously, they're not gonna be the bottom names either. But but who are we who are we throwing in there? You uh you touched on him a little bit earlier. Your winner of that close finish, I think Daniel Suarez. He could be someone. I know he's from a top team, but he didn't really have the performances last year. So I think he's on the up climb. It could be something again where he comes out of the top. You know, see him in the top ten, top five, competing if the speed's there. But I really like the two rookies in Hosovar, Carson Hosovar and Zane Smith. Okay. Um, Hosovar has been caught up in some bad wrecks, but he. He was quiet at Atlanta until the end. And then Zane Smith kind of was too. I think those are two names you should watch if you're looking for kind of out of the blue type of guys to compete. Um, that's and, and then, I again, Michael McDowell. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's another man. It's really tough with them because you expect them to be good in a sense because Michael's good at the drafting races, but – they they're showing speed consistently now this season. That's not something that's really, you know, been up to expectations for me. So I could see Todd Gilliland even again up front leading like he was this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where I sit there and I go, okay, I know it's two races. I know they ran well in two races, but you know, you know, is he going to maintain? Is he going to keep up? Is something going to get figured out? my thought really goes towards the other forwards where I go, okay, if they're figuring it out, surely, surely, you know, someone else is going to figure it out too. You know, I mean, uh, Chase, you know, you look at him or, um, sorry. Uh, yeah. Chase Briscoe, you look at him and you go, you know, they, last year he was decent. Like where, where's he at right now? Um, and Logano granted he's, he's gotten wrecked out a couple of times. Kozlowski, to me, Keselowski is the, the forward for Vegas, uh, where I just feel like if he's going to pull one off, this seems to be the kind of one that, that Keselowski would have to. Yeah, him, I mean, definitely. I could agree with you on that for sure. The forwards are hard for me um, just because, again, they do have the new nose. So I don't know what that's going to do for them, but they were you were right in their qualifying speed. They were good. They're fast. They're showing that they're fast this year. It's just – this is going to be a little bit different style of race than what we've saw. So it's going to be different to see, but I liked what I've saw so far of Josh Berry. Um, I know that's your, your guy of interest there. I like what Josh is doing. I know it's not been loud and bright, but he's, he's doing what Kevin Harvick kind of did. You notice him in that top 15, the top 10 type of running, you know, somehow near the end of the race, if he can keep the car clean, which is, you know, hard to do at the super speedways and stuff. <laughs> and then, um, but Chase Briscoe is another good one for sure that you could look at and see how he does with qualifying and stuff because he's got the talent. It's just, will the car be there for him to drive it? I think. Yeah. And you brought up these rookies as well. I've been impressed with all the rookies, generally speaking, I think. Nemechek, again, got wrecked, but 
they just seem like they they run really well there for a while. And if they can stay out of trouble, it sure help them out a lot. They don't seem to be the ones causing the trouble very often, right. which is nice because you kind of expect the the young or the up and comers to you know make some mistakes, and it doesn't seem like they're doing too much of that. Yeah, no, you they're they're very quiet. Like you said, it's not them that's initiating the wrecks that they're in. They're just the poor, you know, collective souls that get wrapped up in the action, you know. Um, they're there wrong time, wrong, you know, wrong place, pretty much. It's it's been crazy in a sense because you're right. You can look at a rookie in any other sport, even. Yeah. And you're like, oh, a rookie, they're they're gonna make some sort of mistake. But these rookies have been relatively quiet so far two weeks in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It seems like if Keselowski could stop wrecking people, that'd be nice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch out. It's like a, it's man on one of the podcasts. I think it might have been Door Bumper Clear. They were talking about there's two things you can count on in Daytona, and it's um, Brad Keselowski wrecking some someone or someone throwing a bad block. <laughs> normally, those two go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, who's been the biggest surprise so far in the season for you? Oh man, that's tough. It's then I will say this. Um, this next gen car has been something that since it's came in, it's made the field a lot even more even in my opinion. Yes. You still have the Larsons and the Byrons and those guys who dominate, but I think that shows more of the driver than so maybe the car sometimes. Um, but I've, again, I'm going to have to go with like Michael McDowell, but the Todd Gill and that one, the way he, maneuvered his car around the front of the pack last week and he went for it. He didn't even care. He was just like, no, this is, I feel like I've got the car and we're going to go up here and either wreck or win it all. So I really like Todd. He's kind of surprised me. And then he was decent at Daytona too. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where Todd is a really quiet guy, but it seems like those cars in that team have got something figured out. That's the perfect way to put it. Um, we've talked about, um, our fantasy already, but, uh, dark horse winner for this week in Vegas, a guy that maybe sneaks, sneaks through and survives it, uh, over everybody else. Sneaks through that one's, that could go a little different way. I'm going to throw, which Caleb will like this one, Alex Bowman. Okay. <laughs> I think he, I know he's an HMS driver, but he's not that Chase Elliott or, you know, Kyle Larson type of driver. And that's not a bad thing, but that's something where I think he he knows how to win here, but he also knows how to win when you least expect it. And I think that could be his best uh, attribute as a driver. He could come in here and shock some people with this win. I'm going to throw out Seabell. Um, he's not had a great start to the year this year. Um, I To me, he was a guy that I said back on the Super Show um, you know, see him in the playoffs. He's been there at the end the last couple of years. And uh, at some point, I feel like they've got to figure it out this year, too. And uh, I think he's due due for a good race. So I'll throw him out there as an option for this week um, as well. Dark Horse winner, not necessarily going to put him on my fantasy team, but, <laughs> but, but I'm willing to say Dark Horse winner this week. That's a good one. Another one you could throw out there would be a Tyler Reddick. I think we touched on him earlier. Um, yeah. I think Tyler, easily this track is going to suit his driving style a lot better. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him up there leading, if not down, you know, to competing for the win when it comes down to the checkered flag. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So tell us, you got your power rankings coming out this week, right? Yep. And that's, of course, on bellyupsports.com. Yep, um, dropping that. I'm going to try to get that dropped tomorrow. Um, and then, of course, Caleb and me, we've been trying to work on our uh, odds. Um, you know, we've come up with a three-driver system. We choose two that we like, and then we wanted to stay away from. So that'll drop tomorrow morning as well um, for all our NASCAR fans out there looking for some last-second betting help or early betting help because we got ahead of the schedule this week. <laughs> yep, dropping those tomorrow. Um, pretty excited about it. I, I didn't. The power rankings are hard. It kind of challenges me in a way because I do enjoy the sport so much, and then it's it's hard to set down. And all these drivers, you look at them and narrow them down to. I, I do a list of fifteen, but I've got twenty on my personal list hmm. that I keep up with throughout the season, just because I want to see how they're doing and you know if they deserve to even make that jump into the top fifteen. So yeah. I tell you, I did baseball power rankings last year, and I did I ranked all the teams every week, 
and it's taxing, man. It's it it's is. not it's not as easy as people think. Well, if you just put them one through whatever, then that's one thing. But if you explain why you've got them there, exactly, oh goodness, man, it it is it takes time and effort, and you actually got to pay attention. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff too. You, you lack anything. It's NASCAR is really good though. Their, their coverage of the, I feel like, well, the broadcast could be better. We won't talk about that tonight. That's another story, another time, but you know, um, they're really good with how they can display their stats and stuff. Their app will give you lap by lap, you know, incidents, the way things are. So if you do miss something, it's not the end of the world, but definitely I try to watch every lap and, you know, take notes on my phone. My wife, she knows when I'm watching the race, she kind of just sits over there and <laughs> lets me do my little thing because it's my time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely tasking, but it's something I kind of like to do. Like I said, the challenge of it almost in a sense. Yeah. Well, and you brought up the app, the NASCAR app is one of the best sports apps out there. I mean, it is, it, it's top notch. Um, I appreciate it because if I can't watch, they have the radio broadcast on there. You can listen to, um, they give you, like you said, so much information during the race. Um, it's a really solid app. So shout out to NASCAR on your on your great app. Uh, you're right. Broadcast could be a little better. It's not the end of the world, but it could be a little better. And uh, I'm curious to still see because they have NBC hasn't announced exactly everybody that's going to be there yet when they take over. Um, Junior still without a contract, and um, you know I, I I really like Junior. I was a Junior fan, so I'm a little biased, I guess, but. Um, I like him. Oh, on the I, see, I, I'm the complete opposite. I wasn't a big junior fan when he was in the sport. I, it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm a chase fan, you know, personally, when I'm not doing things, um, I pull for, you know, my driver, but it's not for the reasons you may think, or most people may think I'm not just a fanboy. I actually grew up, um, about 45 minutes away from Dawsonville, Georgia. Hmm. And my grandpa was a Bill Elliott fan. Yep. Never realized myself, honestly, until I was like later on in my, you know, my age, like 11, 12, that we even lived that close to Dawsonville and that Bill was from Dawsonville. Yeah. So um, naturally I followed Casey Kane because he took over for Bill Elliott. Mm-hmm. And then I heard when Chase was coming up, I started to follow Chase's career because Chase is actually um, a little younger than me. His birthday, he was born the same year, just in November to where I was born in May. Um, so I just naturally picked up following Chase, but it's it's fun. It's it's really been fun for me. And then now I've got little boys. My oldest, he's his name is Christopher as well, and he just realized the other day because he's in first grade and he's starting to read better now that Christopher Bell has the same first name as him. <laughs> so now he's in here pulling for the twenty car of Christopher Bell because he shares the name with him. So yeah, that's fun, man. That's so fun. Yeah, that's that's exciting times. Uh, well, listen, Chris, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, you're very helpful, and I'm looking forward to having you on throughout the season um, as well. Vegas, of course, is this Sunday. Um, you, again, all your, your content can be found on bellyupsports.com. Where can people find you on social media? Yep, bellyupsports.com. I do run uh, my own little NASCAR page on Facebook. It's a NASCAR or everything NASCAR for NASCAR fans. It's a long name, but I was a little younger when I came up with it, and I've just stuck <laughs> with it. So, um, but you can find me on Twitter, everything NASCAR. Um, I did that on there as well, um, where I just post strictly NASCAR stuff, and I love to talk. So that's main, my main NASCAR page. Or you can find my personal Twitter, Prince Chris fifty four, and we can talk some Georgia Bulldogs, some Falcons. We can talk a little more than racing there if you want to. I'm good with that too. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, Chris, again, man, I appreciate you taking some time for us tonight and uh, sharing some knowledge for us too. Good luck on your fantasy team. You're in second place currently, um, yep. right behind me. I started the league, so I have to win. That's just the rule. But <laughs> um, but no, you're right there on my heels, uh, sniffing. I'm sure you'll pass me very, very soon. Uh, but again, dude, I really do appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah, man, it's been fun. We'll do it again for sure soon. All right. Sounds good. Chris Prince from bellyupsports.com. I want to say thank you to everyone who tuned in tonight. If you missed any part of the show, you can go back and watch it on YouTube or on the Belly Up Sports YouTube page or on the Sports Stove YouTube page. And the audio will be available wherever you get your podcasts as well. A reminder uh, to visit RighteousFelon.com 
Use the promo code STOVE15 at checkout. S-T-O-V-E-1-5. You're going to get 15% off your purchase. It is phenomenal jerky. I promise you will not regret trying Righteous Felon Jerky. I love the bootleg and barbecue, so that's where I always go to first. Uh, but Soul Survivor and the uh, Teriyaki Balboa, really good flavors. The Bourbon Franklin and the Foul Capone, really solid flavors. They got a bunch of good stuff. So um, check them out, RighteousFelon.com. Use the code STOVE15 at checkout. Thanks to Dad joining me earlier in the show. Thanks to Chris jumping on and talking NASCAR. Follow us on social media at Sports Stove on Twitter and Instagram. We'll be back Sunday night live to talk fantasy baseball, 8 p.m. on Sunday. Monday night at 8 p.m. to talk EKU sports. We're heading into the ASUN basketball tournament, and the baseball season is underway as well. So we'll be talking those things. And uh, then Wednesday night, right back here, me and Dad will talk uh, Major League Baseball, and we'll have a guest on to talk NASCAR again also. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you around the sports stove.